Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact. Well, this year's budget reverses some of the spending reductions that were announced in the 2023 mini-budget by adding 57.6 billion rand to expenditure over the medium term, mainly to cover the costs of last year's public service wage agreement. I'm joined now by Matthew Parks, Parliamentary Coordinator for Kasatu. Matthew, firstly, your high-level thoughts on the balancing act that the Finance Minister managed to achieve in this budget. Um, hi, thanks for having us. Um, look, we appreciate the difficult balancing act. There's many urgent pressing crises facing the country, from load shedding, the cable theft, the state of our SOEs, the state of our municipalities, a very stagnant economic growth rate, 41% unemployment, corruption, and so on. So it's a difficult thing. But I think, again, given how many challenges we're facing and how long we've been facing them for, we would have actually hoped for a much more aggressive approach by government to try to really push the needle really get the economy growing, really get unemployment falling. We just didn't see that in the budget speech. Give us an example of what you would have liked uh, the minister to have done to uh, be more forceful in, uh, in, in growing the economy, given the fiscal constraints that he's acting within. So, look, so I think our big kind of disappointment is that the SOD grant has been a lifeline for 8 million unemployed persons. It's helped them just buy food, stay afloat. It hasn't been adjusted for inflation since 2020, yet politicians give themselves increases every year. We think at least they could have increased it to accommodate inflation um, and also see how can they link as participants, as recipients, to skills and employment opportunities because you do need to reverse the ratio of persons working versus those who receive social grants. The presidential employment program has done quite well, getting young people into the labor market, earning a salary, getting skills and experience which are critical for them to find longer-term employment, it hasn't been increased. And in fact, in the past few budget cycles, they've been decreasing it. So I think for us, it would have been critical to help break the back of youth unemployment because you can't sustain a society where six out of 10 young people can't find work. So I think for us, those are kind of the, some of the grievances. We, we also want to acknowledge there are some positive things too. So for example, on the issue of crime and co- corruption, they're beginning to increase the headcount of the police service, which have been decreasing for quite some time. So that's good but they haven't increased the headcount for the National Prosecuting Authority or the courts. And again, if we want to tackle crime and corruption, we need to end the backlog of cases which are forever dragging out on our judiciary. So that's a worrying part. Um, they've given additional one billion rand for the South African Revenue Service. And SARS has really done excellent work in the past few years in terms of rebuilding itself, dealing with tax evasion and customs fraud and so on. We had hoped that they would have given them more to SARS besides a billion rand, because if you want to fund the state, you want to pay down the debt, you want to invest in public services, stimulate the economy, then we would have hoped to see, let's give SARS more money to increase our tax compliance rate from 64% to, let's say, 70% over the next two years. So I think for us, that is a really a missed opportunity. But there are also some good parts around the economy, too. So they've been giving debt relief to ESCOM. Um, the 253 billion rand relief has been rolled out. That'll give ESCOM some breathing space. Um, they've announced an additional support for transit with a 47 billion rand loan guarantee. We hope that's going to assist. So I think you need to do more for transit besides the debt issue. I think you need to do more to assist mm-hmm. them to invest in infrastructure, the cable theft crisis, which is crippling transit freight rail, investing in um, cranes and machinery and so forth. So it's a mixed bag. Um, I think one good thing, Michael, also on the national part of the economics is a huge infrastructure program, 946 billion rand, over the next three years, especially on water and roads, 
um, electricity, that's great. There is some support we hope will assist in making sure it actually is spent because often you find municipalities don't spend the money and they return it to government. So there are some programs to intervene in local government in about 140 municipalities. We hope that's going to help um, improve capacity there and also help to stem that uh, appetite for corruption mm-hmm. at a local level as well. Uh, the one thing that was mentioned as risks to the fiscal outlook, I mean, there were, there were four actually. Weaker than expected economic growth, and that would obviously slow revenues, higher borrowing costs, uh, a further deterioration in the balance sheet of SOEs like ESCOM and Transfer. But the fourth one is an unaffordable wage increase in the second year of the MTEF period. Um, and I know during the Public Service Labour Summit, which was in 2022, government agreed with Labour that these wage negotiation cycles need to be aligned with the budget process so that they concluded before the finalisation of the budget for the subsequent financial year. What is the progress on this front, Matthew? So I think there has been some progress in terms of rebuilding relations between the employer and the state and, uh, and unions of the Public Service Bargaining Council. Uh, because those had really deteriorated quite a lot when Tito Mboweni had walked away from the sign agreement mm. um, in 2018. That just poisoned relations. So I think the, the minister has been trying to rebuild the relations. That's positive. The engagements are ongoing. We agree that it's better for everybody. It's better for labor market stability. It's better for workers' own fears. It's better for fiscal certainty to do their negotiations before the budget comes into effect because you don't want to be coming back to parliament a few months later and say, well, We've concluded now, here's an additional thing. This makes it easier for everybody. But the minister did put a pencil in, in the budget um, space for additional increases uh, without preempting the negotiations. So I think that's a positive first step. And I think also what will help is that if we can get back to the multi-year wage agreements as opposed to, the, to, to each year yep. doing this exhaustive six-month dance, it will really help if we can go to a multi-year agreement uh, going forward again. But I think also the wage bill is not out of control. It's wealth within Treasury's target range of between 28 and 35%. It's fallen from 35 to 31% in the past few years. Our fear actually is that we're allowing brain drain from the public service of skilled professionals like doctors and nurses, teachers and police officers. We really need those skilled personnel. And if we continue to underpay them, you will find they simply go to better paying jobs overseas or in the private sector. And that, that's our fear because you're going to see longer queues at home affairs or at hospitals what schools, etc. Mm, mm. Last question, Matthew. Out of 10, I'm asking everyone, how would you rate this budget? Uh, look, I would say we would give it a 6 out of 10. There's some good parts, but we really hope to see an 8 out of 10 budget given the level of our crises. There we go. Matthew Parks of Kasatu uh, giving it a 6 out of 10 here on Classic Business. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact.